What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Extra Point Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. As always, your host, Tommy Buns, here with Jones and Sully. like how I switched that up. I always say Sully and then Jones, but we switched it up this week because it's kind of a weird week. It's the NBA like playoffs. It. NBA playoffs are heating up a little bit. Celtics and Bucks swept. Raptors on the verge of closing out the Magic tonight. Rockets on the verge of sweeping. It's been pretty... Uh, pretty pretty boring first round so far i mean the sixers and the the rockets got beat in the first games of their series but have been pretty commanding since that that net sixers game over the weekend was pretty exciting i think if uh dudley doesn't get ejected it might go a little bit differently but what's been uh you guys highlight of the nba playoffs so far um i i love the way portland's playing i think it's really cool to see dame and CJ finally taking over, um, and I love seeing Westbrook lose. I love everyone <laughs> exposed or finally realizing what me and Sully have been saying for what feels like five or six years now, um, and how overrated Westbrook is. Um, so Westbrook, yeah, Westbrook. Don't pun intended. Yeah, it's it's I C K, <laughs> not O O K. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, probably the most exciting thing on the, on the West side. The East has been pretty boring. Um, there hasn't been much to talk about there. Uh, pretty much what you thought would happen, happened, you know, Orlando and what's in Brooklyn stole a game, but you know, they're not really a threat. So uh, East looks pretty chalk. Um, and the West, the West is a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, the um, the Blazers are playing great, and uh, I forgot who I heard say it. I think it may have been Jalen. I heard someone say that the difference between um, Dame and Westbrook are is that Westbrook is more more focused on the Westbrook versus Dame Lillard matchup, while Dame doesn't care about that. He cares about the team matchup, and that pretty much sums up the two players. Damian Lillard is doesn't care about what Russ does, uh, the taunting, the, the the baby cradling, he the talk. He's he's a mess. He just wants to win, and that's all what he's about. Whether it's passing, scoring, and Russell Westbrook just he gets in his own head. He he they give him the three point shot, he takes it. He'll make his first two, and that'll end up being his detriment. He'll take ten in the game. Um, but yeah, looking for Portland to close it out. And then I really like the. Um, the Nuggets Spurs series is two to two. That's um, exciting. Uh, Jamal Murray finally coming alive. Um, I think the Nuggets will get that in seven, but it's the tale of two teams. You have the Nuggets, fast-paced, um, new and en- a lot of energy, new new era shooters all across, and then you have the Spurs, slow tempo, typical pop team. Um, and yeah, the East has been awful. I mean, there's no way. I mean, the Pistons lost four in a row. I mean, you see the the Bucks lost. The Bucks beat the Pistons last night. The Pistons had a six point lead and lost by twenty six point lead at half and lost by twenty five. I don't know how that happens. Yeah, they were down thirty at one point in the fourth. I mean, Blake quarter. Griffin's Blake, Blake Griffin played his ass off. I mean, he um he definitely showed some some grit and he was like the only one. Andre Drummond's getting 
blocked by Brook Lopez every other play. I don't. He just doesn't. He doesn't fit in the NBA today. He's. They need to get rid of him. They need to keep Blake with his contract, rebuild a, around Blake, um, and they need to trade Dr- Drummond. But the the East is, you know, the East is what we thought it'd be. It, it's chalk. We're gonna we're gonna have a really good matchup um, with the Raptors and Sixers, and then hopefully Boston can make it uh, interesting with the Bucks. But I don't know. Bucks look Bucks look very formidable. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. That's definitely gonna be tough. I think they'll they'll win. At least one, maybe two, but it's going to be very, very tough to win on the road against that team. Yeah, I mean they're they just they're top three def- efficiency in both offense and defense. Number one rebounding, they're just so well rounded. Um, I don't I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon will be back, but if he's back, it's going to be in five, I think. Yeah, they just have so many defenders. If it's Brogdon. Bledsoe has played exceptional defense this year. Middleton is underrated. Giannis, I mean, the team is just scary. Yeah, and it doesn't look like we'll be getting Marcus Smart back for it, So, at least for the beginning of it. So Bled- it's going to be real tough. Bledsoe's defense is the most underrated part of his game. He doesn't get any credit for it, and he has the ability to be a lockdown defender. He he, he really he really does, and like I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but so if they do, um, but when they do play the Warriors, I think his defense on Curry. <laughs> could be something that causes problems. Maybe not for Curry, but, like, limit him to a degree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like Curry's he, he never been the, the greatest finals player until last year. No, yeah, no. It's just it's just something that maybe he's a 20-point guy. Like, like instead of, you know, yeah, he, he struggles in the finals. But, I don't know. I, I want to see that finals matchup, though. Yeah, I think, I think that's the great. one everyone wants to see now. Um, yeah. It's also the one that probably won't like. It'll guarantee like a lot of move. Like you know, if to what if Kawhi makes it to the finals, like maybe he doesn't leave. If the Sixers make it to the finals, maybe Jimmy or Tobias doesn't leave. Yeah, like, if they make it to the finals, no one's leaving. So if these teams make it, if the Bucks, it make changes it the finals, nothing. More movement. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna make for all that more exciting offseason. Like I don't think Middleton's a serious threat to go anywhere. No. Um, I think he's the same type of situation as Clay. As long as they offer him the contract he deserves, he's not Bledsoe even already, considered. Already locked up his deal. Yeah, they got dude. They got Bledsoe on a good deal. I thought he was going to wait to go to the offseason, get up, get all that cash because he only made like fifteen or sixteen before that. And I thought this was going to be like the the contract he really got paid on. And he just how much did he get on that? Fifteen. Yeah, it was like not even. It was like barely a, a, an increase. It was like seventeen million or something a year. Um, he could have got twenty something. I just didn't. I didn't get it. But I mean, I, he's hopped around a bit, so maybe he's just he's uh, found a home. He yeah, thinks that in the Eastern Conference they can win. And that's kind of what Woj pointed to was just like he was. You know, yeah, he could have made you know tacked on a few million um, here and there, but like at the end of the day, he he's comfortable here and he didn't want to deal with all the hoopla. This is where he wants to be, and he's happy here, so he just pulled the trigger. And he's got the best player in the East on his team, <laughs> arguably the NBA. And he's yeah. not a diva. And he's not a diva. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. one of the most. He's not a LeBron. He's not a Kyrie. He's not sensitive like a Durant. He's really everything you want. If you if you had to build around one player, I don't know how anyone could argue anyone but Giannis. Yeah. Right now, I mean, he he'd be the pick for the future. He's everything you want in a franchise player. Yeah. Yeah, he really Defense, is. Defense, offense, and if he and if he if he somehow gets a consistent shot, my God, I mean, we're talking he's about be possibly. A, we're yeah. talking about a top five player of ever, ever possibly. He's only like twenty three still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's I mean so that's the type of ceiling. That's literally like ceiling. not an exaggeration. Top five yeah. ever. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to sure. go, you know, the GOAT conversation. That's way far down the line. But if he, if he started making a consistent three-point shot, I mean, you can mail it in. Yeah. He would... He would give. They make the finals every single year. Agreed. Yeah, and we uh we kind of alluded to this before the playoffs started, but we said wouldn't it be the most Spurs thing ever after such an average season to possibly take out the Nuggets? And I mean they're tied two two. Got to play on the road in Denver tomorrow, but they uh they could do this. They could they could pull this off. They each got one win each in each spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is definitely not something that's out of reach. I mean, none of the games have been too lopsided either. I mean, what we had a one. They play tonight, actually. Yeah, they do play tonight. I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah. biggest biggest margin was fourteen. Denver won on Saturday by fourteen, but I mean, Spurs won by ten points. The Spurs were winning that whole game too. Yeah, Spurs won by five, lost by nine, won by ten, lost by fourteen. So I mean, it's it's not out of the question for. I think the Nuggets did regain control. If the Nuggets lost Game Four, the series was over. But the Nuggets are such a good home team, and they have two more at home, and they've proven they can finally win on the road. Being that they lost fourteen consecutively in San Antonio, that gives a young team a lot of confidence um, on the road. So I think they're capable of winning on the road and and at home. I think they'll get this Game Five, but. Uh, basically, I think who wins this game five, like many times, will win it all. Win, will win the series. Um, going up three two is a huge advantage. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like the Nuggets team, but I think it, if you're Portland, you're just licking your chops because if you're Portland, you can beat both these teams. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to. You don't have to go against Houston, who'd probably beat you, and you don't have to against Golden State, who would more than likely beat you, but they're playing great right now. Oh, so it's going to be a... I didn't realize that it'll be a Rockets-Golden State Because the Rockets slipped to the round. four seed. Yeah, the, right. the, the Rockets... And they're both, they both have their closeout games tomorrow night, and they'll both close the other opponent out in five games, and they're they're going to go head-to-head in the second round, which I'm all for. Makes the second round very exciting, exciting yeah. Yeah, that'll probably go seven. I'm, be a... I'm, I'm still... I mean... Uh, I think the Rockets definitely have a chance if they're healthy. Well, uh, also a lot of people don't. Uh, they at least they they tend to forget is that um how how well Lillard plays against the Warriors. It's like one of his one of his best uh, one of his best teams that he plays against. I'm looking up right now what his average is against them. He averages this year. He averages twenty eight point three points against them. Um, wow! And I believe it was even more last year. Um, he's he's been playing really good defense. Him and McCollum. He averaged thirty seven. He averaged thirty seven a game against them last year. Wow. So he he knows how to play the Warriors. So I don't think I don't think if that happened, I don't think it's a gimme for the Warriors either. It's gonna I mean, be tough would, without Nurkic. I would though. definitely like, but they've but they, but the thing is, they haven't really missed Nurkic. I think they're Cantor's think been playing great. You know, their last twenty. Cantor's really yeah. stepped up and played. Cantor, that role. and then you have Zach, Zach Collins, and even Myers Leonard is. I mean, against the Warriors, you can't trust him, but even he's playing good minutes, making some threes. They're really doing it by committee. Um, and then two guys, Alfred Camino and, and Mo Harkless, are playing great defense. Their their length is really creating a lot of problems for uh, the front court of of the Thunder, whether it's Jeremy Grant or 
even Steve Adams is struggling. All all these, even Paul George, uh, you put in Mo Harkless is is he's block he's blocking PG left and right. Yeah, dude. So, I, I also think low key like Jimmy Butler might not be the worst fit there. I don't think he'd ever go there, but like that grittiness, like if if he was able to you know coexist with Portland? those guys, yeah. And that that's a player that could really put them over the edge in the next three or four years. Can they? Could they afford him? Uh, no, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah. fit wise, like, it, yeah, I, there I, aren't I, many teams Butler really fits fit. in with, and and yeah, I think, he, I guess, yeah, his personality is very games, very serious. Right now, he's not playing games in McCollum. They're they're not messing around. They've yeah. been hearing everyone to split them up for years. I've never been a, a proponent of splitting them apart. I think they've had a couple of rough years in the postseason, and this year is a really big chance to capitalize and make the conference finals um and if they do that you know that's pretty much the ceiling for most teams and then see what you can do against golden state maybe make six maybe at seven maybe durant has the technical fouls and is suspended a game so the roughs aren't on the warrior's side this year that's for certain no, no yeah, the warriors gotta do it all, all on their what they own said? next year did you hear what they said like one one referee said they're lucky we let them play the games or something the way they talk to us like, like the refs, the refs have a vendetta against him, against them, because they do talk a lot. Not yeah. that other players don't talk a lot, but they, whether it's Draymond Green, whether it's Kevin Durant, um, those guys complain about everything. So the Curry, Warriors, I mean the 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 Blazers are gonna are well over the cap already for next year. They're like twelve million or fifteen million over the cap for next year minimum. They would so who would they have to trade realistically to get to get? They got to get rid of Evan Turner's contract. Oh, his is bad. But it, next year it's an expiring deal. So like this summer it will be an expiring deal. So maybe it's not impossible to move. Um, what is and, he making? Eleven million a year? Eighteen point six. What? It's one of the worst contracts in the league. Um, That's about how many minutes he plays a game. Eighteen point yeah. six. And then Harkless and Leonard. Both make around 11-3 and 11-5. Mo, Mo Harkless's deal isn't that bad because I think he, he's really showing he can rebound and he can defend his athleticism. Is I'm not the biggest fan of him, but he can defend and he can hit a three. Um, yeah. But Myers Leonard, I remember we signed he's what did he sign a couple of years ago, like 10 or 11 million a year. That's, that's yeah, not it was good. bad. Um, yeah. I, I'm assuming they're going to want to try and re-sign Seth Curry too. Seth Curry shot a better three-point percentage than his brother Stephen Curry this year. Low-key. Yeah. No one really realized that. But, I mean, he's not better, but he's a great shooter. Great shooter. 45% from three. He he knows his role. Uh, coming with the the second start or the bench. And you just take four or five shots a game, make two, get six to nine points. He's He's, he's nothing to sneeze at. No, yeah. I mean, if they could drop those three guys, they'd have enough for a max deal. But they'd have to drop those three guys. and That's not an easy thing to do. Maybe they could work out a trade. Yeah, I mean, but you've also got to work out a trade that has no money coming back. No, but I'm saying with with, with um, a, sign-in, a sign-in trade with Philly, maybe. Is Philly going to want Harkless Turner or Leonard at any of those numbers? Probably not. Yeah, I guess I guess they wouldn't. Turner's got to go to a team that is but Philly, knows Philly they're going to be terrible. Needs help with their second, their their uh, second group needs a lot of help. It's like 
They have this they have this star studded group on the first line, which doesn't really have the best chemistry. And it's not like you're going to ask anyone to play with the second group. Yeah. Um, you like see primarily. those reports that, that that Philly tried to trade Simmons at the deadline, and no one they couldn't yeah. really find a deal. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't. I see his his days possibly numbered. Like I like I I do know um, one of my good friends. His cousin works for the Sixers, and um, you know I've heard you know I've heard some things that you know he's he is very arrogant and has a bit of an ego. I mean, it's clear that you can see too. Like he overslept. He was hungover for that game. That that magic game a few months ago, he went out and was drinking, and that's why he didn't play. Like, yeah, he lacks maturity. Right, well. I think he lacks maturity. I think Joel lacks maturity, but Joel is obviously a top seventy player. Simmons is, um, we don't know what he is yet. He's like he's like Giannis, but he doesn't have the freakish athleticism to make up for it. You know what I mean? Like he's not dunking. And he's he a good defender as well. Go go agit arms to dunk from the free throw line. Yeah, I thought what Dudley said was pretty accurate. I, don't know, I think that happened a couple of days after we aired, but I mean, he's pretty average in the half court. Um, oh yeah, yeah I mean, Dudley—you could say what you want about Dudley, but he's—you cannot he's deny smart. his basketball IQ. And if you are, yeah, I mean, if you're ragging on Dudley for calling that an idiotic comment, that's just you telling him you don't know what the fuck you're talking about either. Yeah, I don't. People say who's Jared Dudley? I mean, Jared Dudley looks like a bowling ball. How else is he in the league? Yeah, exactly. At his age. But he Dave, shoots, and he's one of the smartest players in the league. But Dave, Ben Simmons was the rookie of the year. Well, he's a sophomore of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to hear that. <laughs> but that, you know, we'll wrap it up there for NBA. we got plenty more next week. We've got to move on. We're going to defend the wall. We've only got one each this week. Who wants to go first? I know I went first last week. All right, Saul, All right. get to go first. Uh, a or B? B. B. Sully, despite rumors, Kyler Murray will go first overall in the NFL draft. All right, this is easy. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just starts from the beginning with Cliff Kingsbury. You know, that this is Cliff's guy. He he wanted him. It's his job. And, you know, you have to give him the reins and the guy that he wants in Kyler Murray. Um, it's kind of unfortunate for Josh Rosen. I think he's handled it with... A lot of class and will be a very good player, but he's just not as dynamic as Kyler, a team that has a awful offensive line. You want a mobile quarterback, and what, that's what Kyler Murray is, can get out of the pocket, find um, you know, their young receivers, Christian Kirk, downfield. Joey Bosa obviously would be a great fit as well. They need, they need a, an edge rusher um, to go with uh, Chandler Jones, but it's it, all these, these rumors are just last-second things with real no sticking in my opinion i don't uh, it's just noise um it's it's just it, it doesn't have any sticking to it with it or else they wouldn't be handling the situation with josh rosen the way they have they wouldn't they wouldn't have not included him in the video he's not gonna be a part of their future it's clear unless they're they told him to personally we're not taking him there's no way that they're not taking him um he's just the better fit um, Quarterback-wise, especially with the dynamic um, offensive mind like Cliff, he will be able to get Kyler in positions out in the pocket, bootlegs, things that he can't really do with Rosen as much. And he's and Rosen is very fragile, so um, I, I think Kyler ninety-nine percent, like Mel Kiper said, ninety-nine point nine percent. That's all you need to know. <laughs> he said ninety-nine point nine percent they're going to take Kyler. 
I'll take Kuiper's word for it. I like it. I like it. Dave, this is the year the Rockets will win the NBA championship. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you can kind of go back to last year. Uh, they were they were right there. Um, with you know, minus the Chris Paul injury, you don't know what happens in those games, but you sure as hell love your chances going up, uh, being up three two in that situation. Um, and you know, luckily this year may, they're getting them in the second round, so you know that's minimizing injury chances. Uh, and there really hasn't been too much change. There hasn't really been any change now, especially with Cousins out on the Warriors side. Um, and you could argue they even have less talent. Um, just another year of experience, but um, on the war on the Rocket side, you know, there's there's been some changes in in their bench um, that that really could you know prove to be and their addition in Farid, uh, he's been killing it. Um, you know, CP3 and Capella both healthy now. Uh, it's really you know the Warriors have looked the most fragile they've looked in the last four to five years uh, this year, and you know with with Kevin Durant having one foot out the door. Um, Draymond Green not happy about it and also not having the most fantastic year himself. Um, it, it could be the year the Warriors get, you know, see that fracture in their in their their game, essentially. Um, so I, I think if any year it's going to happen, it's this year. Um, and, you know, the Warriors, they'll, they'll probably be no more after this year, the way they're presently constructed. But um, Houston, Houston could catch them in seven. They really could. Love it. Love it. Love it. I want someone different this year. I really do. Um, We're going to get it next year. Next year, there's going to be, there could be up to 10 teams that are championship contenders next year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what did you just say? I'm sorry. I said next year. <laughs> next year. We're going to get something different. There could be up to, depending on where free agents land, there could be up to 10 contenders next year. Legit- oh, yeah. Legitimate yeah, chance you could to have win. Lakers, you could have the Clippers, you could have the Bucks, the Raptors, the Warriors, uh, the Blazers. I mean, just run it right down. If, if if let's say if each of these teams had the best case scenario on these on their off seasons, I think I mean Boston is obviously affects other off seasons, but I think they're a contender with or without Kyrie because they'll they'll have money and they'll put it other places. Um, and Brad Stevens, Brooklyn, if they if they were to sign someone or one or two guys if they were to clear that cap space and get the two that's the, the Knicks the Sixers if they keep people in town Kawhi's probably gone so I'm not counting them Denver you got to conclude them if they're you assume they'll they'll be better Michael Porter Jr. coming back Oklahoma City Portland Golden State the Clippers if they sign two max guys the Lakers if they get AD maybe maybe even if the Clippers sign one max guy yeah I mean I mean they the, get Kawhi the Bucks you don't then you got the Pacers with Oladipo coming back. Who knows? They'll have some money to spend. They'll probably be able to get get some nice role players. Um, and then Houston. And, yeah, Houston, you could – I don't think San Antonio will be a, a contender next year, but they got – unless they make some surprising move. But, I mean, right there, what is that, 10, 11 teams that I just said that could, you know – Yeah, and you didn't have, have Jazz either. Oh, yeah, the Jazz that have if somewhat get, a chance to win, like, you know, if, if things they got, fall if their they way. If offensive player. Yeah, so, I mean, six or seven, eight of those are locks to be contenders, and, and you got four or five that are will be contenders if, if things fall their way in free agency. 
Yeah, it is. And it is a little off topic, but I just thought of something in my head, and I don't think he would go there, but I think you, Tobias Harris would be, like, great on the Jazz. Yeah. I think oh, you'd be, be cool. uh, to get a nice wing, little two-way player, great offensive scorer, three-point shooter. They need something off the wing that isn't Joe Ingles. I, I wouldn't I mean, be surprised if he went to Brooklyn either. No, I, yeah, I, closest, I, think that, I don't think it's closest land someone big this year. Yeah, closest to his home, in in Long Island. Yeah, not not far from me. Thirty minutes, twenty five minutes from me, and I mean, I, I don't know who knows who. Kn- I think he's more likely to stay than Jimmy is, though. I agree. Um, I also feel like Philly's close enough where he can like. It's still kind of like homish, like his. Yeah, you can. It's, it's not two and a half, three hours. It, it, his family can come see him on a weekend, and they don't have to get on a plane, type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that, that that's if it was anywhere but Philly, I would say he was he was like if he got traded to I don't know some other contender in the southeast or something, or Indiana or something like that, I would say he's walking. But I think there's a chance he stays in Philly. I think Jimmy's gone. I think Jimmy's gone regardless. Yeah. I think. If I, my my prediction right now is Jimmy and Kawhi go to the Clippers. I've been saying that for a while, um, but you know you know how things change come free agency. The only the only thing that's concrete right now is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going to the Knicks, and and Zion Williamson too. But those we those are just the concrete see, stuff. Dave. Just the concrete we stuff. We shall see. But. I mean, hey, move on. the Knicks are great at losing in the first round of the playoffs. If he could do that in New York, why would he do it in Boston? That's true. That's true. But we won the first round, so fuck yourself. Anyways, we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to talk some NFL draft because the NFL draft is on Thursday. We haven't talked football in a while. I've been missing it. You've been missing it. We've all been missing it. Um, we're just going to go through our top fives. I'm sure we'll have pretty similar top fives, so this will probably go pretty quick. I'll give you mine. I think the Cardinals, they're going to take Kyler Murray. I think we, I mean, Sully talked about that. I think that's just a given at this point. If Kuiper says it, it's going to happen. Um, the Niners, I think they're going to go with Bosa. I, I think they'd be fools to not go with Bosa. He is probably the best player in the draft. Um, definitely best defensive player in the draft. Um, Jets, I think they're going to go with Williams from Alabama. I mean, that's what most people have as well at three. Um, good defensive tackle out of Alabama, pretty much. I mean, obviously, if you're coming out of Alabama, you're going to be good. That could definitely help the Jets on defense. Um, I'm not sure who the Raiders are going to take. I think it's either going to be Devin White or um, Josh Allen, but I'm not sure on which one. So I guess I'll just say I'll say White, and then I think the Bucks will take the other, whoever's left out of those two. So probably Allen if it goes that way. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I agree for the most part. Um, well, yeah, one, definitely Murray, two, definitely both. So those are pretty much both locked in three for the Jets. It looks like they very well might take Quinn and Williams, and I really hope they don't. The Jets have needed a pass rusher since John Abraham, um, which was like 10 something years ago. Um, and Josh Allen is the guy to do it. He's, um, out of Kentucky. I love these pass rushers from not the big elite schools. Um, I just feel like they're less reliant on players around them, whether it's, you know, Mac in college, like didn't come from a big school. Um, I, I think Allen's going to be a stud and I'm not, I don't want to draft another D tackle. We drafted Muhammad Wilkerson. He busted Sheldon Richardson. He busted Leonard Williams is regressing. Now are we going to make it a fourth time that the guy has a stud season and then regresses and then we trade him for nothing. I mean, I'm just getting sick and tired of it. I mean, stick with Leonard Williams 
and let's trade Josh Allen. I mean, let's get Josh Allen off the edge, who's fast, strong, dynamic. Um, then four, I, I think if Quentin Williams is there, the Raiders will be hop on him quicker than a fat kid on cake. Like uh, he's everything they need. Um, he he can get to the quarterback up the middle. Um, he's a good run stopper from Alabama. Um, he would be great to build their defense. And then five, um, Devin White from LSU for the Bucks. The Bucks need pretty much everything. Um, so I think I think him and uh, Kwan Kwan Alexander would be a nice duo. Um, that's what I see. Nice. What about you, Dave? I have the exact same five as Sully. Nice. Nice. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. I feel like any way you kind of slice it, those are going to be the five at the top. You maybe could see Ed Oliver sneak into the top five just because he's been skyrocketing back up draft boards in the last two weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's someone that I could see possibly jumping into the top five. Um, But... You know, besides that, I mean, maybe Jawan Taylor, but I don't think anyone of those top five needs O line more than they need defense. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, that's my top. The same as Sully is my top five, but I, I think if there's one player that could hop in, is is probably Ed Oliver at this point. Nice. Um, yeah. So that's that's the NFL draft. We'll see how that shakes out on Thursday. Uh, what about who, what about? Sorry, what about Jones? Who who are they going to take at six? The Giants. Oh, yeah. That's where the draft gets interesting. That's they where the draft Wayne? gets interesting. I'm, I don't think they do. I, I, it's looking less and less like they are. I love. I love Haskins. I would be. I would be ecstatic with that pick at six. Um, but I could. I could see them. Them going with. You know, if if White falls, maybe even the Giants do need O line, but you know they also have Solder, and I don't know if they're gonna waste another pick on a tackle to put him at right tackle. Um, especially at six, they got Zeitler though. He's really good. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. But I, I mean, Montez Sweat possibly, but it's probably a little bit of a reach. He's probably in the nine, ten, eleven, twelve range. Um, maybe Oliver. I mean, you know, maybe that's something they do, and then uh, you know, fall back and they get. Uh, I'm hearing that they like Drew Locke a lot, so maybe they yeah, seventeen. Maybe they wait to get you know they get a defensive stud at six, and then. And then go with Locke at seventeen, because um, you have to assume that you know uh, it, it, if Denver, it, let's say they like Locke and Haskins, Denver's gonna the only one that seems to be guaranteed taking a uh, a quarterback this year, um, you know by all reports. So if they they could kind of play force Denver's hand and just say, yeah, we'll we'll take the stud guy and let you guys take whichever one you want, and we'll just let the other one fall into our lap. Because um, someone else is going to have to give up a lot to get, you know, to move up from the back. And who's really going to – I mean, Washington, you could argue, but, like, they have Keenum for a, another year or two, and they're not a stud quarterback away from being some Super Bowl contender. They've got plenty of holes themselves. So I don't, I don't see Washington giving up too much to really get a quarterback that even if he's great – right away isn't going to turn them into a contender um so i think they they build out there maybe they add their they help out their secondary or um or o-line um because those both need help um so i don't know it'll it'll be interesting i i just i'm tired uh, i'm so tired of the giants just 
yeah, we're going to take a quarterback in the fourth round. He's, you know, might work out, might not. We've done it four times in the last six years. It hasn't come close to working out. Just stop fucking around. Eli's on his last legs. Take the fucking quarterback and and be done with it. Like it's like I, should, I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't want even the seventeen thing scares me because it's not like you, you clearly aren't that sold on him. So just give me a guy at six. Or they could trade for Josh Rosen, which would be. The I would only. love that too. In le- that as, would be. I would give up the second. For Rosen, I'm not giving up 17 for Rosen. I would give up the second or the third for Rosen. If you want to give me a third and a fourth for Rosen, we have like four third, uh, fourth round picks. So if you want to give it a third and a fourth for Rosen or a second, like by they all means, they wouldn't do that though. They would. They, they they're not going to do that. I don't think they'll give up a second at worst. I think they'll is the, what they're willing to. Would you rather return. give up a second or a third and a fourth? Knowing that you have three or four fourth round picks. Well, I'm saying I. Well, I'm saying I'm saying from not the Giants' perspective, the the Cardinals' perspective, they're not getting. They wouldn't do any less than a second. I don't think. Well, the second the second they draft Kyler Murray, their price tag gets cut in half, whether they like it or not. So they can get something. They can get fifty cents on the dollar. They can get zero cents on the dollar at that point. Every day they got him on the roster, it's his value goes down and it cuts in half. The second they draft Kyler, what do they need him for? What do they? What? What? They have no leverage after that. I would. Need, I'd take the. I would take the second round pick off the table at that point. I would offer that now, and then I would take the second round pick off the table the second they draft Murray. That just became a third, or it just Unless became it's a four, more two fours. For a quarterback, then they are desperate to move. Rosen. Well, well Maybe. I think. I think. Well, well, I think it's tricky. Is that uh, that the? I think the Giants need to figure that out. In, in between picks six and seventeen, so they have, yeah. You know, so you don't want to draft a quarterback at seventeen and trade for Rosen. Exactly, they have an yeah, hour essentially to figure if that I out. Was the Giants, to be honest, I would, even if it's giving up for a second right now, um, do that. Um, you know, get your get your guy in Rosen. Um, trade back from six, accumulate more picks because this is going to be a rebuild. You want you want an abundance of picks. So I think trade back from six so someone else can get Haskins um, and then pay, maybe even use some of that draft capital to acquire Rosen um, or use it on other players because they have a lot of needs. But uh, no, I mean, it, I guess you could hope that your target there has to be the Bengals at 11 so they can hop the Broncos at 10 because no one, the Jaguars, the, the Lions, and the Bills aren't trading up for a quarterback or aren't. Like the the, the Bills have the Bills have no yeah the, the Dolphins are your next target and then yeah. and then the Redskins, um so I guess you kind of go down that line but it's it's those three teams trying to get in front of Denver because seven eight nine are not in any way a threat to to uh, draft a quarterback, but yeah. then you also have all you got to look at the Jets side you you could have all those same teams trying to do that to get in front of the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. And I think it's weird how they don't want Haskins, the Giants. It seems like they're. Seems like I don't know. It seems like they just want an excuse not to draft him. I just I think it's I, all like I feel like it's all smokescreen. I just they. I, I feel like he's too. I feel like he's very similar to Eli in some ways, and that scares people away because he's not mobile and they don't have a great offensive line, and he's not a sexy pick. Haskins isn't. He's not a, like he's not a mobile, um, really fast quarterback. I mean, but he's very, very solid all across the board. I, yeah, I mean, just like if to me, it's, it's like, like if you made it, if you if he was white, he'd be like a, a surefire top pick because 
everyone all everyone complains that uh, you know black quarterbacks aren't you know they just they're running quarterbacks and they don't have the accuracy they don't have the, the vision they don't have the decision and making not that. and he's exactly all of those things and without the the black athleticism or the the yeah, yeah. used he's, athleticism he's... and and it's not like he's unathletic i mean he 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 can be athletic in situations it's just that he chooses not to the guy ran for 150 yards and almost threw for 5000 like how do you not want that what it, it's just like i feel like the the world is kind of like against him because he's not a prototypical black quarterback but when they get a prototypical black quarterback they complain that they he's not a it. that he's yeah. not a white quarterback and also i you know? think the contrast to murray is so drastic in regards to the athleticism like murray is so dynamic and he's so like dynamic him to haskins it just it seems like a big gap even though it isn't for like those reasons the lack of mobility comparatively like Kyler Murray is hopefully like a Russell Wilson type. That's what you. That's in a perfect that's, world. Yeah, like, that's your perfect world scenario. Yeah, yeah. And what is Haskins? Haskins, I think, is very solid. But uh, maybe, maybe he's more of a Donovan McNabb. Yeah, but I mean, you know, McNabb. And that's not a bad thing. McNabb had a great career. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it is. Well, I would take Donovan it, McNabb right now if you told me McNabb he was McNabb. Was a guy that give was, me him. He was a very good passer, and he was an extreme. He could move, but he wasn't like mobile. He could run for a first down, but he wasn't running like Kyler or Russell was. Or yeah, going exactly. Um, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, to me, my ultimate wish list is is ha- however they want to get it, however it shakes out. Haskins one, Rosen two, for not for the right price. Uh, then probably Drew Locke. I'm not even. Good. I'm not going to accept anything past that. I'm. And, no I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not e- and I'm not gonna be thrilled with Drew Locke either. Like I, I, no. I'll I can swallow it, and I'm gonna get behind the pick. But if they take Daniel Jones because Eli said he's cool at his summer camp, I'm gonna be. Come on, son. Yeah, that would be tough. I need to give a quick shout out before this happens. My boy Andy Isabella is going to be drafted this weekend. Big day for you, Mass. Big I day hope that would be great. Athletics. I mean, he's going like he's getting drafted. It's just a matter of where. I mean, to the Patriots. I, yeah, it's just a matter I of what round the Patriots are going to draft him in. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> I see him going third round. I see him going sometime in the third round. Do you know him? Uh, I have like crossed paths with him. I do not personally know him. No. Okay, um, so you guys are best friends. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I mean, also, we're going to move on, but I need to give another quick shout-out, because I don't know if I talked about this last week, but Kale McCarr from UMass got signed to the uh, Colorado Avalanche the day after UMass's season ended, scored a goal in his first playoff game, ended up beating the number one seed Calgary Flames, his hometown team, in the first round playoff series as an eight seed with the Avalanche, and is now on to the second round awaiting the winner of the Sharks and the Golden Knights. So, Wait, he playing already? That's how they do shit in hockey? He yeah. Drafted, when the, what, what, drafted they like drafted, two weeks ago? Well, no, no, no. So he got drafted last year, but then he chose to play in college rather than signing a minor league contract or playing in juniors. He went and played college hockey. And the way it works is when the college season ends, the day after their team season ends, they are eligible to play in the NHL. And since the Avalanche were in the playoffs – in a tight series, at a 1-1 series with the Flames at that point, as an 8-seed, their number one prospect, who just won the Most Outstanding Player in College Hockey Award and led his team to a national championship berth, they signed him. 
And then actually another guy just got signed, um, another UMass player just signed with the Hurricanes. It was a minor league deal, but immediately signed with the Hurricanes because their minor league team is in a playoff run. So couple couple UMass guys going to uh going to the show. Um yeah. Yeah, big time. Big time oh, stuff. Yeah, we don't we you don't have many of those in Hartford. It. You hate to see it. Going back to that concrete news, Kevin Durant listed his California home on the market for thirteen point four five nine million. Oh. oh, that's it. That's that's definitely within my price range. I might have to uh Take well, a peek at that. Yeah, go I ahead. I mean, Air. if you wait until after July first, it'll the p- price will come down because they'll really need to sell it. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, earlier, also during your uh, during your um, part about the Giants there, Dave, I was laughing because at that point in time, with three thirty-two to go in the first quarter, the Nets were down twenty-three to two. Oh, nice! I didn't nice. have that on. I was watching. Yeah, that. they are they, at the end of the first. They are down thirty-two to fifteen. So, I mean, they scored 15 points in the final three minutes, but... Who does Toronto get in the set next series? Philly? Yeah. Yes. Yikes. That's going to be such a boring series. Yeah. It's going to be Joel well, Embiid like... trying to troll Kawhi, and Kawhi just, like, looking like nothing's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but we got to talk a little baseball before this episode's over. Dave, the New York Yankees are officially the most injured team of all time. Um, what, what's going on? What's their going injured, on? Their injured oh, lineup man. is is what our starting our opening day lineup would have been. <laughs> L- literally. And you know what? You know Minus Glaber playing for Tulowitzki, it's it's exactly what our opening day lineup would have been. It's it's ins- I don't know if I've ever seen this amount of injuries this early in the season in any sport. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate, but I mean, the good news for you, you're still two and a half games ahead of the Red Sox. I know, and that's what's that's like that's what lets me sleep at night is Boston's, a silver lining. Boston's yeah. fully healthy and they're playing worse than us. So, I mean, I guess it's a testament to the depth. I you have to you have to commend uh, Cashman on his signings of you know people like Lemayhew, um, and now you know we just try and tread water until until we get everyone back. Luckily, no one's like Andujar's the only one that really hurts. The other ones are like they'll come back, they'll stagger back. Um, it, it'll be all right, but Andujar, Andujar sucks. That sucks. Judge too. I mean, judges. Yeah, he's gonna be out three, four weeks at least. Um, it's not Looking what you like want to hear. Like six to eight, too. They think at least four. Yeah, but their schedules really helped them. They've had one of the weakest schedules to start the year. They have, they have, which is I don't think you know. I think the only good team they've played is the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's all your Mets though. They're still in first place in the division, tied for first in the division. Yeah, we we fell off a little bit. It's it's getting closer. Um, but now we're we won yesterday. We're up four nothing now. Um, Alonzo is just keep, he he keeps ranking. I don't I don't get it. He's fastest Met to twenty RBIs in history. Um, yeah. I mean, our pitching's been so bad. Hopefully that can right itself with DeGrom. Thor looks awful. Um, Wheeler's getting better. Vargas is a lost cause. So um, it's going to be close. They're all within a couple games. The Phillies, the Mets, the uh, Nationals, um, the Braves. I think they're all going to win 80 to 92 games this year. It's going to be a big pile, 85 to 90 wins. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a close division. I don't expect anyone to break away. I think it'll come down to the last weekend. So, as long as we're in it, 
we should be when we should be. Yeah, I don't um I don't know that my team will. I mean they strung together a good sweep over the weekend of the Rays. Division leaders, that was cool, but then they lost the the first half of a doubleheader today to the Tigers. And they're losing um, right now. Yeah, I mean, Sale pitched pretty well today, though. Ten strikeouts, five innings, two earned runs, I think four hits maybe. So that's a step in the right direction for him, bringing that ERA down to a cool seven and a half. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's not great. Just found out Evaldi is out four to six weeks, too. He's having some... Um, some bone fragments or something removed from his elbow. That could which be addition I, by subtraction. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I don't really. I, I'm just I'm I'm at a loss still for what this team has been doing. Um, obviously, if maybe there would have been some fall off from last year. They obviously weren't going to win 108 games again and only lose three games in the playoffs on their way to a World Series win. But I, I did not expect this at all. Through what the first we're through 25 games now. 30 maybe it's not uh yeah i mean you never you never see something like this especially with a defending champ um you see it maybe with you know teams that were one of the four or five better teams but defending champ and especially a world series champion that looked so dominant from start to finish and didn't lose anyone except you know obviously they lost their bullpen uh but it was already trash it was already (laughs) not great um, yeah, the um, I mean, we this is a thing though. They've done this before. In 2012, they were the worst team. They won the World Series and were the best team in baseball the next year. And then 2014, they were the worst team in the AL East again. And now, I mean, they're they're hanging out down there, only a game and a half above the Orioles, 23 games into the season. Not not great. But I mean, the Orioles, they're better on the road than they are at home this year they're one in ten at home and seven and six on the road you're muted dave the fucking orioles are supposed to be like one of the worst teams in the history of baseball this year i mean they're still looking like a hundred like ten loss team but so are the they're, Red Sox. they're they're up <laughs> nine nothing right now they're uh against the white the... Sox. yeah are you fucking kidding me that was one of my picks today the white Sox. Jesus Christ. You hate to see that. Trey Mancini is having a great year. Hate to see that. That is tough. Man, it is not looking good for pretty much any of those picks today right now. Wow. Actually, Diamondbacks are up 2-1. Two men on base, uh, one out. That's good. Yeah, the White Sox, that's going to be a loss. Fifth inning down nine runs. Uh, Braves down a run with uh, bottom of the sixth, down five to four. That could be a win still, but yeah, you know, it's a tough life out there. Tough life out there. Well, I mean, you know, you couldn't stay hitting eighty fucking percent for you know, yeah I forever. Knew, I knew that was gonna come to an end. Still, still have some pretty good numbers. I figured out today I'm twenty four and fourteen on MLB so far this season. Going into today, Ooh. pretty good there. That's right around I think sixty. I figured out today I think that's sixty five percent. Um, and then yeah. as a total since April 1st, we are sitting at a cool 54-39-0, and 0, which is still almost right around 60%. I think it was 58-and-a-half. You love that. So, so that's good. I mean, we had I mean, we had yeah. an insane run. We started off MLB 15-2 and two through our first 17 picks. So Unreal. A lot of, lot of wiggle room there. <laughs> We're still, still twice as many wins as losses, so that's good. But we did slow down a little bit. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, only si- we had 16 winning days, six losing days since the start of the month. So you got to follow Bleacher Book. You got to get those picks. I've been doing pretty good. Not knock on a little wood. Don't want to mush myself, but uh, but uh, we've been we've been pretty good on there as of late. And you know, you always got to follow all the Bleacher Fan accounts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Get on there. Check out the site. Read some articles. Some good content up there. Um, unless you guys have anything else to talk about, I think that might do it. That's it. All right, guys. That's another good episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, Yeah, as always, follow the socials, and we'll see you next week.